Welcome to the Piazza Delivery Boys podcast. Come inside and grab a seat. Before we jump into this episode, we want to thank you for your support. You can catch our podcast on Spotify. And if you like the content that we're delivering on our website, piazzaboys.com, then feel free to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to our email list. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Hello. What up, dog? What up? How are you doing, man? Dude, I'm doing A-OK. How do I sound? Sound good. It's like last time? Yeah, which was good. Hey. <laughs> All right. Today is May 12th. It is well, actually no one cares about the time. It but it's 532. Oh, yeah, it is 532. PM. But this is podcast number five. Movie reviews part three. Four. Part, part four, four. Part four. But it's part our four. One. But it's our fifth yes. podcast. Correct. I am Josh. That is Austin. And we are the Piazza Delivery Boys. What up, yo? What up? All right. So today we're going to shake it up. We're only going to talk about two movies. But because we have so much to talk about for the first movie. Or did you want to save it for, for last so that we can save all of our arguments for later? Yeah, let's uh, talk about Field of Dreams first. Okay, Field of Dreams, another Kevin Costner baseball movie. <laughs> Wait, so what are the ones we watched so far? We, I mean, we only watched Bull Durham, right? Was there another one? Right. No, I mean, no. There's, there's, there, there's another baseball movie with Kevin Costner, but it's more of a documentary than a baseball movie. I see. He's just in a lot of sports movies, I guess. He, he is. He's famous, dude. A lot of he has that he had face that voice. He's a uh, Bob Bob Odenkirk's doppelganger. Don't know who that is. He's bet he saw Goodman from Breaking Bad. I never watched Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's the he's the voice of um you know Incredibles 2? Yes. You know the business guy that tries to recruit superheroes? Oh yeah. It's like that guy's he voices that character. Kevin Costner? Bob Odenkirk, the guy that looks oh, like okay. Kevin Costner. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into it with Field of Dreams then. All right. I feel like as I was watching this movie, there were multiple mm-hmm. points where I thought to myself, man, I wonder if Josh cried here. So mm. let's start with that. Where did you cry, Josh? Take a guess. Uh, you definitely cried when he was playing catch with his dad and when he asked if he could play catch with his dad. Correct. Um, you probably started crying when... Terrence Mann was talking about why they need to keep the field and how baseball heals the soul. I did not cry in that part. Okay. Were you about to? No, but that was a very moving. That was a very moving part, but I didn't, that was not emotional. Oh, okay. Um, what about the part where did you cry with anything related to Archie? Uh, no, but you know what? I'll just say it. I only cried in one scene, and it's already already seen you. You talked about okay. Uh, the rest of the movie, it was a lot of feel good moments, but none of none of which to make me cry really. That's surprising. I thought you would have yeah. uh, cried multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> what do you take me for, man? I'm tough. All right, I only cry, cry baby. Once. That's what I take you for, bro. It's messed up. <laughs> it's okay. No one <laughs> listens to us, anyways. That's true. All right. Um, except, yeah, dude, feel except the- for a few, few people who already know you cry, so it's all good. <sighs> yeah, I know. All right, anyway, back to the movie. So, Field of Dreams, Kevin Costner, uh, Amy Madigan, who plays Annie, and um, his name? James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. In a, in a second baseball movie. <laughs> yep. A lot of re- Oh, also Art LaFleur was in that movie, if you didn't know. Yep. He was the Sandlot, yeah. Yep, he played Babe Ruth. Uh, yeah, so it's like, dude, all these repeat, like, they just keep recycling the same actors for these baseball movies. Yeah, it's a trope. 
it's called uh, i forgot what it's called typecasting mm-hmm. yeah they're like they can only play baseball movies so ah uh, you know yeah, that, that 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 does sound familiar yeah all right um so if you don't know what field of dreams is uh it was it's about kevin costner who played he creates a baseball field off of a whim off of a voice that he hears in his uh farm in utah iowa the iowa in iowa and um when he creates this baseball fields shoeless show ja- uh, shoeless joe jackson who is famous for the 1908 Black Sox scandal, or 1919, sorry, Black Sox scandal. Um, he appears, and slowly but surely, more and more baseball players start showing up uh, who also were banned from the game, and some who weren't banned from the game. Pretty much any deceased player started playing at this baseball field. And uh, eventually, like that same voice leads uh, Kevin Costner on a, a road trip that involves James Earl Jones. And the ultimate, like the ultimate, like journey leads him to kind of reconcile with his dad, you know. Yeah. So throughout the movie, the biggest driving force of the plot is there's some people who understand what he's doing and experience the same thing that he does, which is his family, his wife, and his child, Karen. But then there's other people who can't see the players that he sees on the field that he created. So they think he's crazy. And another issue is that this corn farm that he owns or this corn field, they, it's an expensive piece of land. And the fact that he's using a lot of it to create a baseball field doesn't allow them to have an income. And so because of that, his wife's brother tries to buy the farm off of them so that they don't go bankrupt and at least they can salvage some money, but he continually refuses to. And the brother gets frustrated because he can't see the players and the whole family, his wife himself, as well as his daughter and James Earl Jones, character, Terrence Mann, they all claim to see these baseball players. And so that's another driving force of the movie. So honestly, even knowing that he can see these players, there's like, it's like a question in my head. Like, is this guy actually seeing these people? And is his family actually seeing him or are they just going along with it because he's like super depressed? But mm-hmm. yeah, so it was kind of, re- it was kind of strange. I, I, I was like, this is kind of a weird movie, but it was cool how it tied together in the end and how it came full circle. Yeah, it was really, a, it's a great family movie, you know. Uh, I really loved like how, even though like they were pushed to the, to the brink of bankruptcy, like the family, uh, you know, the white Annie supported uh, Kevin Costner, um, even though like it didn't make sense, but like she trusted him. I don't know. In hindsight, probably shouldn't. It makes sense in hindsight, but at the moment, probably, you know, shouldn't have done that. But it's OK. It's a movie. And yeah, uh, the movie made me do some more digging into Joe Jackson because I actually didn't know him. I only knew him because he was banned from baseball. But yeah, yeah he has a like sick the, the nickname, movie. bro. Shoeless Joe. Yeah. Dude, any player who has like a nickname, dude, you know they're good. Yeah. Well, except, or banned for life. I mean, oh yeah, or banned for well, life. Well, he was really good but though. He was, yeah. He, was, he still has one of the top five in batting averages in history. Um, he... And like as the movie pro- projects, like there is a strong case to say that he actually wasn't involved in the scandal; that he was just thrown under the bus uh, and falsely accused. But every commissioner after the one that banned him just kind of brushed over the case. Even Manfred refused to look at the case. You know, just another reason why you know hate on Manfred. Did I hate Robert Manfred? Why? Anyways, separate issue, dude. Okay, look, so. If we're going to talk about the Black Sox scandal, right? If you don't know what the Black, Sco- Black Sox scandal is, it's pretty much eight players from the 1919 uh, White Sox went to the World Series. They were bribed to throw the game. No, no, no. Those and- eight players. Was it those eight players? The eight, the eight includes Joe Jackson. So seven players, if you want to say that he's innocent. Okay. So those players were bribed to throw the World Series. 
and they were it found out that they were caught and so they were all banned for life from baseball right that's an acceptable punishment because you destroyed the integrity of the game that's the quote that's what the law that's what the announcement said whenever you know a person is banned from baseball it's when you destroy the integrity of the game that's the language that they use right let's jump to 2017 where the Astros stole signs. And this is something that we're both, or like, at least I am waiting to talk about one day. Uh, it's in the woodworks. But how does cheating, right? And you cheat your way to the highest level, to, the, to a championship with monetary gain, doesn't warrant a ban for life. That doesn't dude, that blows my mind well, that Manfred has hasn't banned AJ Hinge or Alex Cora. Well, think about it this way. It's a different type of game because back then I think what was mainly the motivating force for the ban was the integrity of the game, right? But nowadays, I think modern day baseball is a lot more complex because it's a bigger sport, a lot more viewership it's a global sport to some degree. And so banning coaches, managers, players, I think the main reason for the Astro scandal, not punishment, not going so far is I think Manfred and the front office, they were, or the league office, they were afraid of setting a precedence where what if like they do that and then different teams are revealed to have, done the same thing or something similar then you ban them too <laughs> what's gonna happen to baseball well, say it's like eight to ten teams realistically because okay in a because you know when the astros were interviewed and the players were given immunity they were being narcs and they uh, they allegedly said that there's at least eight other teams doing what they do and so assuming worst case scenario that's true and they're all caught you're going to ban all of them. You're going to give them all the same type of punishment. Then the baseball seasons are going to be compromised. Also, not to, this is also like not taking into consideration how much money and revenue these teams generate for their cities as well as for the league. So there's a financial okay. incentive that's there that wasn't there back then in 1919. Okay, but you, I think you're assuming that I'm saying like ban the team. I'm not saying ban the Astros. I'm saying ban the managers. Like they didn't even go like a step into the possibility of banning the players. Okay, I understand that the players don't like it's too risky to ban players. I understand that. Don't have to do that because a player they can still be good without the cheating. I like I can totally see that. But like okay, say eight eight managers or so are involved in 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 sign stealing, like electronic sign stealing. Then I'd still say ban them. Because eight managerial jobs don't bring in. But revenue. what about the players that are involved? Then what do you do with them? Uh, dude, honestly, like, don't do anything. <laughs> that sucks because, like, if anything, the numbers are going to show, right? If they continue to cheat or not. I'm saying is that wasn't a strong enough, like, punishment to warrant not cheating. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is this is what I honestly I'm okay with AJ Hinch staying as long as that World Series, even if they get to keep it in the history books, it's marked as an asterisk. So like everyone knows when they look at baseball history that that is an illegitimate World Series because that hasn't been explicitly stated by anyone in baseball yet on a formal basis. Yeah. Right. Dude, how can Jeff? How can Jeff Lindholm like be proud of that World Series, man? That was so annoying. Oh, anyways. Yeah, that guy is Jim Crane is crazy, man. Yeah, Jim Crane is. Anyways, so back to the movie. Um, <laughs> Feel the dreams. I don't know, Austin. What did you think about Personally, it? Personally, I liked it a lot. Any movie that has James Earl Jones, you know, it's going to be epic and legendary just because of his booming voice. And Kevin Costner. <laughs> Honestly, Kevin Costner does have a nice voice. I'll give him that. Yeah. But yeah, I really liked the movie. Um, there are certain things that I thought were unrealistic 
you know, aside from the fan fantastical aspect of dead players coming to life. But yeah, one thing that I thought was like kind of unrealistic was his wife like staying by his side even though she thinks he's crazy. But I guess it's a movie, so it was nice. I guess I'm just more cynical. Kind of, I don't know. It, 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 they kind yeah. Of, oh, sorry. Continue. I just thought there would be more conflict between he and her, but there was like mm-hmm. zero. And I thought that could have added a dimension to the movie because for him, there was like no barrier between him and exploring, you know, the magic of this field, really. Besides right. that whole like real estate foreclosure bankruptcy thing, which wasn't even that big of a deal because his, her brother was involved. And he didn't want to screw right. them over, right? So I thought mm-hmm. in terms of there being like a conflict, I never really felt like there really was one. Um, and that's like one of the things that excite me about a movie. Like there being some sort of problem and seeing how the characters come to resolution for it. And because that wasn't there, I thought that was something that was missing in the movie. But I loved the messaging of the movie in terms of how what he was doing was bigger than just baseball. And it was, I don't know, there was like a, there was like a moment where, remember the part where he tried, he gets jealous of Terrence Mann going, being able to go to wherever they go to. And like, he gets mad. Yeah, the end. And like, he says that he built it. He did things without, you know, even understanding it. And he just wants to know what's in it for him. And then Shoeless Joe's like, oh, so you did it for yourself. And I was like, dang, that's cold. And then, I don't know, stuff like that. It's like, I, it just made me think about my own life too, in terms of like, do I do things because I expect something back? And does that make it bad? Or is it bad to have that type of motivation in certain situations? So I like how the movie touches on things bigger than just baseball. Right. That's what it is, man. Dude, baseball is life, yo. So baseball is life. But I think uh, what you're, like what you're saying about uh, the wife, Annie, I think that's also very justifiable. But I also want to like give credit to the movie where they kind of hinted that she's very like go with the flow hippie-ish, you know, as they explain her background. Uh, like everything that she did up until like she had a kid was spontaneous, you know? Yeah. The setup was there getting the setup was there. Yeah. So, you know, she did fight back at first until she realized, Oh, there's something bigger than just this trip that she started. They they reconciled it in the movie because she had the same dream that he did. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that was honestly, that was enough for me to believe it. So life life lesson is, Marry someone just as crazy as you and you'll never get into a fight. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because, you know, there's 7.8 billion people in this world. There has to be okay. someone who's... Another who's thing. Another you. thing that didn't make sense to me, though, was... This is just nitpicks. <laughs> I love the movie overall. But these are... It's kind of fresh in my mind because I just watched it. The moment yes. where I was like, what the heck? This makes zero sense. It's when Annie's mm-hmm. brother grabs Karen their daughter and then she falls off the bleachers do you remember that because mm-hmm. they have that conflict yes. and like she's unconscious on the floor and i don't understand how kevin costner's character did not get angry in that moment he didn't even address her brother once i would have just like killed him that was You're weird right. um I think in that scene, that scene was the fall. Let's let's be honest, was really awkward in how they like, executed it. Because uh, it's like it cut from her like like being oh, accidentally oh. let go, and then it's just it's no, yeah, on the it floor. straight up looked like something I would make in a home video. <laughs> like legit, um, like filming me on the top of a sta- like stairway, and then me like yeah. going out of the camera shot, and then it cuts to just me on the floor already. That's what it was. <laughs> exactly um and i think yeah i would love to see kevin costner just be really angry but i'll give him credit that in that scene like his focus was his daughter right no it and, wasn't it was Archie. you know with... no no but like his yeah, his focus was like, 
I know you do, man. You always do this. But his, his focus was how I got to help my daughter. And then, yeah, and then doctor, the doctor Dude, showed up. the thing up. is, his, he didn't even say sorry afterwards. Oh, yeah. That, like, that bro, me you off. almost killed his daughter. What the frick? This guy's a jerk. Yeah. But anyways, besides that, really great movie. Yeah. It was really uh, cool to see them like, mention like the names of players. Like even out, like when they all the players started coming, like Gil Hodges. Um, mm-hmm. Who else did they mention? Uh, dude, I don't remember. I watched I this see. like last week. I only remember Gil Hodges because you know, because he's a Dodger, dude. <laughs> yeah, you know Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were in the movie. They were in the movie. Where? Yeah. Oh, as the, as players? They were extra. No, Where? as extras. They were they were kids at the time, and when they went to Fenway, uh, if you like, I think I don't remember the scene, but um, it was when they were at Fenway Park, and it was either when they sat down or when they were buying uh the food that you get to see, you see a, a teenager Matt Damon and Ben Affleck together. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little easier for if sure. you watch the movie. But yeah, overall, the movie was great. Um, I would highly recommend it. I, I th- it's definitely a classic baseball movie. I personally had never watched it before, so I enjoyed it even more. I think it's a movie that you could watch over and over again, so there's replay value for it as well. Um, yeah. It's definitely an emotional movie. Oh, there- <laughs> there's one thing I want to talk about before we, you know, we move on. And that is the one scene that kind of made me little like flabbergasted. If that's the right word, it's when show, uh, J- uh, Joe Jackson first showed up for the first time, okay. right? And he said he was like ready for Kevin Costner to like hit the ball to him. Okay. Do you see how many baseball bats he bought? He had like eight, eight to like ten each baseball bat, dude. It's like not cheap. I I own well, one. They're coming from heaven, bro. So. No, what I'm saying is, is man, that came out of his savings. Like, dude, you bought so much for equipment, like unnecessary equipment. Yeah. But I guess just a, it, that is a nitpick. I just, I was just like, I saw those bats and I was like, dude, what the yeah. heck? Your family's going bankrupt because you yeah. bought those bats. One thing that I, I do want to point out about the movie as well is um, what the character of Archie, of how he couldn't, he gave up on his dream, even though he was so close of playing in the major league. And then he became a doctor. And I like that Mm -hmm. because it touches on the theme of like how an athlete is much more than a person who plays a sport, but they have much more to contribute than just, you know, hitting home runs or like scoring baskets, getting touchdowns or whatever. It kind of reminded me of like Kobe a little bit, like in the sense that, there's much more that someone there's much more to the lives of athletes than just the time that they play their sport. And you know Archie was a real person, yeah. right? Okay, just make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so great guy. Yeah, it was really cool. It's really cool to see how he was dedicated to his profession even after he I guess gave up his dream. Mm-hmm. I mean, he dude, he in that pickup game he drove in an RBI. That's pretty good. Yeah, after uh Yeah, I yeah. He always I got beans. I guess it's all right. <laughs> Low and away or in your ear. Yeah. I don't understand it. A baseball can't fit in someone's ear. It's a figure of speech. Got it. Put her up. All right, next movie. <laughs> Uh, this movie is a league of their own. And the reason why we're only doing two is because me and Austin fundamentally disagree on this uh, movie. No, I don't think so. I think we mainly disagree on who is the more admirable character. And because I don't think okay. we disagree on like the messaging message of it. Right. But anyway, so League of Their Own. Uh, well, okay, go before, ahead. 
Oh, sorry. Yeah. Before we talk about like our arguments, uh, let's just talk about the film, you know, like and the history behind it okay. at the very least. So the premise of the film is, so it's called League of Their Own. It's from the 90s. And the main characters are two sisters who have a competitive rivalry. And it takes place during World War II. So a lot of the men, including baseball players, are shipped overseas for the war. And because of that, a lot of women are called into the workforce to fulfill their civil duty. And this is actually mirroring what actually happened in history. And one of the things that had to close was the MLB. And because of that, a women's league for baseball started. And it's actually based on a true story. So I think it was 2013 or so where this film was archived in like the national library of like films or something in Washington, DC. In Congress. Yeah. yeah. The Mm -hmm. the library of Congress films that get archived there has, has some sort of historical significance or meaning. And so, yeah, this is a pretty landmark film in terms of like remembering how it was at that time. Right. So, yeah, if you didn't know, there was a, the league that the movie is trying to replicate is the AAGPLB or GPBL. It's the American All-American Girl Professional Baseball League. Started in 1943, uh, a couple of years. Uh, like, set in the same time as the movie. And before this time, actually, women were banned from baseball. Uh, so, Austin, have you ever heard of um, nope. Jackie Mitchell? Jackie Mitchell was a baseball player back in the 1930s in Major League Baseball. She was signed to Class AA Minor League Baseball to the Chattanooga Chattanooga Lookouts. Say that. Chattanooga Lookouts. Chattanooga Lookouts. Chattanooga Lookouts. Chattanooga Lookouts. Can't do it. Point exactly. She was a pitcher. And in an exhibition game, she struck out Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig back-to-back. And after she struck out the two, after the game, Babe Ruth went on record saying that women should have no place in baseball. And it became kind of immortalized as saying that, or kind of the, the, the point where women were slowly being phased out of professional baseball. Because Babe Ruth was saying that Women don't have the body type to survive. You know, it'll, they're too delicate. Playing every day would kill them. And just typically not true. You know, they just got owned and they're just being salty old men about it. Um, but that being said, the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League grew because Austin said the, the base MLB was uh, suspended at the time of the war. And... Dude, it got unbelievably close to being actual baseball because in the beginning they had a lot of rules that made it look like more more softball. So the mound was closer. First and second was only sixty five feet. Um, they threw underhand in the beginning, like softball. And it wasn't until the the heydays of the league where it actually was a ninety feet or a sixty sixty five foot mound. At almost 90 feet of first base distance, and they threw overhand. So it was pretty darn close, you know, to looking like an actual league. But, you know, MLB came back, and uh, the rest is history. And the Rockford Peaches were an actual baseball team. They're the most successful women's baseball team at four championships. Yeah, fun fact um, it's crazy. So we were deciding to do this movie for the podcast and actually over the weekend the last known surviving member of the rockford peaches passed away at 101 years old mary pratt what a crazy coincidence rest in peace yeah she died literally she she died the day i watched the movie yeah until the day before I watched the movie, she passed away. That's yeah. very unfortunate. 101. Um, yeah. I mean, she lived through a lot of wars. Played, dude, she, that's crazy, man. I just, I can't, I can't imagine that, like, that someone who was alive at the time 
you know, we watched a movie who actually played women's baseball. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, yeah, as Austin said, the movie is about two. Uh, by the way, before we talk about that, can we talk about how star studded this movie is? Tom Hanks, Madonna, Madonna, Rosie, Madonna. Dude, Rosie every time O'Connell. she talked, though, I, I couldn't, and she wasn't in the shot. It felt like I was hearing, uh, I forgot what his name is. It Turk from Tarzan. Turk, yeah, the monkey, right? Or the the eight? Because she uh, plays, she, yeah, she voices yeah, yeah. But it's like, right? <laughs> I couldn't unsee that character whenever like she would talk off camera <laughs> dude i didn't think about that but you're so yeah. right um it also had megan kavanaugh nope. i don't know if you know who that is she's the voice actor for judy neutron jimmy's mom from you know jimmy neutron boy genius uh-huh. it had ann cusack who's john cusack's uh-huh. sister the music Yo, was by Hans, Hans Zimmer. Zimmer. I I noticed that in the opening credits. <laughs> I was great... like, dude, you know this is a good movie. Yeah. And it's so funny because like the opening credit movie was like the most 90s like soundtrack to like play. And yeah. it says Hans Zimmer. But yeah. All right. Um so yeah, it's about the baseball league being started and you know the the mm-hmm. conflict that the two sisters had. They're super competitive, but yada yada. Watch it. Yeah. This so is just a watch must it. watch. Like, yeah, me and Josh, we're just gonna yeah. argue because we disagree on things. It might not make sense to you, so you might want to revisit this podcast after you watch it yourself because you'll probably have your own opinions. So, with that said, Josh, did Dottie drop the ball on purpose at the end or not? Dottie did not drop the ball dude, on purpose. If you, that's my okay. Firm what makes you say that? Because, dude, look at how she drops it. She has it in the clutches of her hand. She drops it after she hits the floor. That makes no sense. That I want to say is because of the movie and how the the framework is like looked at. Okay. Also, because you're saying that your reason that she dropped the ball is because she wants to preserve yes. the relationship with the sister. And that's another thing I don't like about Dottie. She has a superiority complex because, yes, naturally, she huh. is superior in a lot of ways. And the movie establishes that, right? In terms of attractiveness. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is not our, uh, this is not Josh and my personal standards of how a woman should be, but this is reflective of how they were viewed at the time. So things like um, beauty standards and how she fulfills that in terms of her already being married and her sister isn't. Um, Even in terms of baseball, she's a better player naturally than her sister Kit. Um, Yeah, and throughout the movie, she, in my opinion, she's very condescending towards her sister. And in the end, she drops it on purpose because she felt bad for her sister. And even if you see how she talks about um, that instance afterwards, she just says sheepishly, oh, I guess you wanted the win more than I did. And the way that she even says that is like, in her mind, she's like, oh, like you didn't deserve that win. And I kind of gave it to you. And so for that reason, I think Kit is a much more, uh, of course, they're both flawed but I think she's the more likable of the two. And yeah. Okay. So this is where I defend Dottie and why I think Dottie is my, is the better character in this movie. So out of the gates in the first five minutes of the movie, you're not met like Dottie comes. I mean, not Dottie uh, kid comes off as very arrogant and very pretentious. And the way and the way they showed is Dottie is trying to give Kit advice in the next at bat so she can be the hero of the ball game. She says, lay off the up and the up pitches. And, you know, because uh, for whatever reason, she likes throwing up. But instead, Kit says, No, I like the up pitches. And she strikes out on three pitches because she tries to swing swing and, and she swung a miss in the first two pitches, which are up and away. 
Okay. And so that's Dottie's fault. It's not exactly. Her fault. I mean, sorry, not okay. it's Kit's fault because it's, it's not, it's, okay, it's not Dottie's fault that Kit swung okay, and missed okay. and missed her opportunity yes, to have the. In a vacuum where she makes that decision to be arrogant, I, I'll give you that. But leading up to that, you gotta, you gotta think about it in the context of their whole life. There's instances throughout the movie that show where Kit expresses this type of vulnerability to Dottie saying others don't view her in the same way they view Dottie. Not that she wants to be viewed as her equal, but with the way people view her as an extension of Dottie or in comparison to Dottie, she's not her own person. And that's how she felt her whole life, even up to that point in the baseball game. So I would argue if it was someone else giving her that advice, she might have listened to it. But because it was Dottie and because of the context, she didn't. So I think it has more to do okay, but at that more point, than it having to do with Kit's character. It has to do with her relationship with Dottie. So I think that's my argument against that. Okay, but you're assuming stuff that's not like even what? like within the realm of the film, in my opinion. Like saying that their relationship... because. After the game, you can see them like goofing around and like competing. Um, but you use I know you see that as like Kit, like as a Dottie trying to like get the edge off of Kit. But I saw that just as like a, like, a kid you know, kids like talks siblings about it, just playing around. Kit explicitly talks about like what happens in the what has happened in the past. So I'm okay, not yeah, she does. assuming. I'm going off of what happened in the movie and extrapolating based on the facts. All right. I'll, I'll, All right. I'll concede that one to you. Austin. Uh, Next. Right. Cat Dottie did not drop the ball on purpose. And because you, you have to think about everything that leads up to it. Because you think that, Dot, that Dottie dropped the ball because it was to, it was to preserve their relationship and make Kit looked like the hero, right? Then why wouldn't Dottie have just struck it out in the top of the ninth? And still, she would have been the hero without the, without the slim chance that you get that in the bottom of the ninth, you struck out two, and then you get... And then the, what the, the third batter gets on base. Like, if they just struck out all three, then Kit is just is still the loser. Yeah. What do you think, buddy? What I will say to that is she was trying to beat Kit um, the whole time until the moment where she proves her wrong because she tells the pitcher throw high high and uh, high fastball, right? And Kit does swing and miss twice. But then on the last one, she actually proves that she can hit that now. She hit, she gets a hit. She drives in the game time run and she starts rounding third. And you can see the way they film it. Like Dottie looks shocked after she hits the fastball. So for me, I think it's a decision that she actually made in that moment as opposed to like premeditated, like before like the game or whatever. Because in my opinion, I think she really wanted to beat Kit. That's the, re- that's the primary reason why she came back because she wasn't there for the first six games of the World Series. Like she was ready to call it quits because like her husband was back. She wanted to have kids and she wanted that more than baseball. And she's, and you know that based on how she wanted to quit before. So because of that, I, I would say the decision to drop the ball was something that was instilled in her, like in the moment, as opposed to premeditated. I don't agree with that. All right, you can explain why. Yeah, okay. So you're saying that after she hit the ball, the high fastball, that that shows that, oh, wow, my my sister is, like, she's grown, and so I'm going to throw this game for her? No, 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 no. Like, dude... Oh, yeah. when she, she said when she was rounding third. And he said, what, she wants to, f- like, fight her? 
and you just and or so she, she like Dottie, Dottie accepted that she just wanted that to present that her whole life for Kit's whole life. Like she's starting to understand what Kit has been telling her, how like she's been the one to kind of like hold her back. And I don't think that's a valid like thing for Kit to argue because yeah, like I agree. Like part of it has to do with like her own insecurities and her flaws as a character, but. We can also agree that Dottie has a big part to do with it. So in that moment, she's like, "I don't, I don't want to be," because like think about it. Like afterwards, she's not gonna play baseball anymore, whereas her sister probably is going to. And she's like, she's probably thinking like, "Why am I the one to like stand in her way?" Especially like if my only reason is to isn't because I want to win, but it's because I want to beat my sister. Like there's a difference there. At that point, dude, I don't have like a good reason other than like you can like if you're gonna say that in that one moment that she decided to throw the game for her sister, then like this is where we agree to disagree because there's nothing much that I can say other than point to previous parts of the movie where she's just dead competitive and has a love of the sport. And you can say like afterwards in the in the interpretation where she says like I guess you want to win it more. Like that's not like her giving it to her like out of spite. It's like. She acknowledges that, like, yeah, okay. you beat me. Good job. Actually, you know? you know what? I like the way you said that. I think, uh, I think you win this one. I think the way that you like simplify it in terms of like, like, oh, so you think this is the reason why she threw the game? I think, yeah, like if it hinged on that, actually, even though it makes sense, I think it undermines the integrity of the whole film. So I actually agree with that. Yeah. But and that doesn't change my reasoning for liking uh, Kit over Dottie. I think it strengthens it even more than actually. Um, okay. And one more before that too. It's also like, you can see like afterwards how like Dottie is the last one to leave the locker. room. Like she's beat up about it. If she didn't really care, if she threw it on purpose, she wouldn't have like really cared or it wouldn't have hit her that hard. But like it, like it uh, showed that yeah, like it the bothered way her I thought of that it she lost. The moment from my lens as someone who thought she dropped it on purpose was more because she saw how it affected her teammates and like, she just felt culpable for throwing yeah. it, even though they were so close, you know, but, but yeah. I don't think that anymore. I actually um, agree with you. I don't think she dropped it on purpose, but anyway, right, that's a, uh, it's one, one. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> so right. kid versus who it's obviously a Kit. likable character. It's Kit, bro. No, it's Dottie. All right, you can you can explain. You can explain. All right, well, all right. So you're you say that you don't like Dottie because she is like self righteous. She's like she acts like or she's oblivious to the fact that she her whole like her success as a person affects her sister, right? And the way that she and the way that like others perceive her like how she didn't have her own identity and yeah uh you also what else did you say about her she's like um condescending um and did you say that she didn't really care about her uh, no i don't think that, so i think that? she cared okay okay um so to address that i think that instead of being condescending she's just stupid I think yeah, we both agree on that. Has, I think Dottie's just dumb because uh -huh. just she she's just oblivious to the fact that the way that she lives her life, of course, is going to have an effect on her sister because right. they're family. They're always going to be grouped together, you know. And so, um, you know, like the way that she lives her life, she can't really help that, you know. Um, I think it should have been her responsibility as the older sister to shine more light onto Kit. But at the same time, um, as yeah, athletes, she had no obligation to do that. You know, playing baseball, like just in terms of society, like Kit expressed her insecurities, and I'm not saying that um, Dottie is to blame for how Kit feels about herself. Like, I don't think that's right. the right thing because obviously that's something that Kit needs to work out on her own. But if someone tells you explicitly how they feel, and why they feel that way based on what you've done and acknowledge that it might not be because of 
you per se, but just how other people are and how they are themselves. And you don't change anything, but you keep acting the same way. Like, I don't understand. Like, but I, th- I think that's not really that. Like you said, it's not Dottie's fault. And like, I don't understand how Dottie could have changed. Unless, first of all, she changed in the fact, if you can say I that, think, in the fact that she walked away from baseball. So in the beginning, so that that in, can be Kit's thing. In terms from now on. of uh, changing, I don't think it's necessary. I think what Kit, oh, I can't say because I'm not her, but I think at the very least, instead of just pretending like everything's fine, like she could have at least acknowledged it as a reality and be been more mindful of it like the the part that like really made me angry at Dottie was when she got uh kit traded because she told and like whether it's because she's oblivious or because she and she wasn't aware like even if she said they would like she has to know like she's the best player like there's no way the team's gonna trade her and if they know the conflict is between her and her sister like logically right it's gonna be her sister that gets traded Right, but you use the word logically there, right? And I'm going back to my argument that Dottie's stupid because if you like in that scene, word for word, what she says was the guy's like, oh, like like trade, like how about a trade? You want to trade? And then she said, yeah, trade me, whatever. I just need to get out of here. Like she said it in that tra- passing comment. Like she didn't know like that in that moment because her mind was focused on like her relationship with Dottie that okay. this so would have been a possible outcome. That then. So we agree, Dottie's stupid. And Kit is Kit right. is and not a, that stupid. And a bad sister. I, I think we can agree. Okay, think about stupid. it this way. So Dottie's very stupid, but Kit is not as stupid. So in that sense, okay. Kit is the like better that. sister. In that quality. In terms of awareness, social awareness, and like where she stands. I I don't want agree, agree with that, but continue. I think I think you can't say one is better than the other because they both serve two different roles. Like Dottie is supposed to serve as the older sister, like I'm mature figure, which she does. I think she does really man. well. Just the quality of it's, intelligence. It's, no, 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 no. Just as a person, as like a sister. I mean, intelligence. Yeah, I think Dottie was going uh, to pass up playing baseball like, for money. Dottie was going to pass up playing baseball for Wait, money what? in the beginning of the film, but then Kit really wanted to play, and so Dottie plays. Who doesn't want to get paid yeah, to do something they enjoy Dottie when does- they have no family and nothing, no other obligations? Dude, like... Okay, so in in my in Dottie's defense in that situation, right? I mean, you can say that that's that serves that she wants to be like you know the better sister because okay, she She's doesn't accept it in the beginning, right? But she, she did. That's that's did. Okay, hold on. If you think about it in this way, dude, her life at that moment it's already like really good. All right, she's like capped off at life if you think about it because she plays in the league recreationally for fun. She has a family and she has like a good business with her husband. She doesn't need to do it. All right. There's no incentive. Like the money is fine, but honestly, like I think she even said it like, oh, her husband's going to be manager sure, one day. So sure. she doesn't need the money. Whatever, dude. And, but, and, and so she only does it because All right, your her sister really wants here. to do if it. If anything, she should thank Kit for letting for forcing her to play in the league because she loved it so much. Dude, Yo, no. it's the reason Dottie played <laughs> I don't in the league. That. Dottie's the reason why Kit played in the league. But Kit's the one that pushed Dottie, so Kit's the one that worked to get into the league in that sense. Anyway, in terms of intelligence, okay, but that, that means Kit wouldn't have made it into sure. the league if and Dottie just accepted it in the first place. Admirable. So one of the bones that you had to pick with Kit is her lack of recep- receptiveness to mound advice or coaching. 
which in the beginning she clearly does not have. And it's highlighted by that scene where uh, Jimmy pulls her out because she's she's not good. Exactly. She's bad. She's, she's um, bad. And she's just yeah. competitive, so she wants to stay in, and she's very upset. Um, and you put you say you dislike Kit because she lacks baseball IQ, where for me, that's her being competitive. And wanting to have a hand in the team winning the game. Right. And I don't know, man. There's a lot of right. players, not just in baseball, but in sports in general, some great ones, especially, that exhibit that same type of behavior where even when they're over the hill, they still continue to do that. And it's a. Yeah. And it makes me, it makes me wet. And when I see it too, I'm not going to, yeah, like, if I see Kershaw do that, player. that still makes me And also, me it doesn't mean their baseball IQ is low. It's just that in that moment, their competitiveness overrides their ability to think rationally for the sake of a team. Yeah, which means in that, sure, in which that means moment, in that moment, their baseball it's IQ not their is characteristic low. Because that was the last <laughs> inning of the game. And so she brought them there. All right, but let me, okay, let me, let me, let me put this in two different contexts, okay? Let's use Kershaw as an example. So Kershaw, there, there's been so many games where Kershaw has been, has been trying to be taken out in like the seventh or eighth inning with nobody aboard, okay? And he fights it to stay in because he knows that he's, he's on a roll and he's dominant, okay? And if, if the scenario was different where Kershaw left the bases loaded, Kershaw, I, I, unless you can... Try to try to find a, a scene for me or like a game for me where Kershaw fights to stay in when he leaves the bases loaded, or like he he's about to give up a game tying like game like run, like Kershaw leaves because he understands like okay even though he's dude you can't say Kershaw's not as competitive that. as Kit I never bro said that. like he understands that I know but you you never said that okay yeah I'm sorry I'm putting words in your mouth but Kershaw understands in that moment like this is better for the team. At that moment, Kit's just being selfish that she doesn't want to leave because of her pride. It's not her being competitive. It's her like, oh, I have to do this. Like, I don't care about like what the rest of the game is going to be. I have to do this. And that's what made me upset. It's that hey, you're willing to sacrifice like the, the game do, though, to fulfill your ego. That's what the great ones do, man. What? <laughs> no! <laughs> The, the great, great ones, ones don't get put in that situation. Do, Not everyone wins. No one wins all the time. If anything, I think that in terms of the overall movie, like that makes Kit even more respectable because even after she gets traded, like she shows the ability to like get over that psychological blow where she gets traded literally because of her sister, comes in the World Series, pitches the game, and she, one, she stays in the game and she gives up a go-ahead run but then she comes right back hits the game tying hit and then uses her determination to run out the game winning run and as we agreed the ball wasn't dropped on purpose so it was literally just from her effort and her improved ability and her determination that won them the world series so even as a player she improved because she proved right she proves that because she can hit the ball that she couldn't hit at the beginning of the movie Okay, so I do agree that Kit did become a better ball player at the end. Like she did make improvements, and like you like you said, she did hit the the high fastball at the end of the game. Um, but you can also say that the reason for the argument and the reason for like her being traded, you know, even though as messed up as I was, was because um, Kit because was because of that Kit wanted to finish that game, though she didn't have the ability to at that time, and she blamed Dottie that Dottie didn't believe in her to like finish that game. And Dottie had no reason to believe that she could have finished that game with what she was throwing. So what did like, so Kit was blaming her to like, kind of like, what, what was, what's the right word there? Um, essentially like lie for her. So that's in order for her to prove her point at the cost of the game, you know? And we wouldn't know like how the game would have ended, but I think it was, uh, I think we can like infer that, it would have ended in a loss if Dottie, if Kit kept pitching. What do you think? Kept pitching in what game? In the the one where she got taken out of the ninth with the bases loaded, two outs. Oh yeah yeah yeah. 
So I don't know. It's complex. Like I don't think it's as black and white. In that situation, like yeah, if I were the manager, if I was Dottie, like logically, like it makes more sense to take her out. Um, and say like yeah, like, she is being arrogant or whatnot. Like at that point, I think she was a lot more insecure in her own abilities as well. And I do think like when she says it was Dottie's fault for them losing, like mm-hmm. I think part of it, I think it's more than just her speaking about. Like that instance, but just like in general, like her belief in herself as a person apart from her sister is something that she's never really had, and it continually shows, like in the way that she acts out and things like that. But I right. think being put on a completely separate team, and like even though you know it sucks that she's the one that got traded, gave her that opportunity to come into her own. And that's the thing that Dottie saw differently about Kit, like her like belief in herself in the end mm-hmm. of the last game. So I think like even if like there is at that point, Kit is not very likable because of her arrogance. Like the growth that she shows, I think is immense. And I think, oh, yeah. it's, and I think the way like how it comes to fruition in terms of like not just in baseball, but like just her as a person. And like, even after she wins, like of co- obviously she's really happy because she won, but, mm-hmm. um, and you can argue that someone is more gracious in winning as, as opposed to defeat. But like, you know, she hasn't really talked with her sister since she got traded probably. And like right. in their first interaction, like for the first time, like it's like not very, hostile like it's not very like even in terms of like their dynamic it's not very like joking or like humorous where like they use that to disguise like the tension between them but it's like she actually feels confident to like be in the same room as her sister because she's so sure of herself right so she attained like this sort of self-actualization that i think is very admirable and that's why I very much like her. Hmm. I agree that she, at the end of the movie, she is a lot more likable than the beginning. I'll give you that. But, you know, I'll stand by my argument that says that uh, Dottie was just likable throughout the movie. In my opinion. Throughout the movie? You're crazy. I'm, I mean, there are times, dude, there are times where I was like, oh my God, Dottie, you're stupid. But, like, dude, as a ball player, you know, as like a wife, you know. She walked away from the game. She walked away from her team. For, you like that about for, her? For her family. Hey, baseball is life. You said that earlier in this podcast. You like that about her? Dude, let's be honest. Let's be All honest. Right? Let's be honest here. Yeah. If we had okay, if you had the opportunity to play in the majors, but it meant that you like it would cost you your marriage, would you do it? It would not have cost her her marriage. No, but it, and it was she which, wasn't, which, she wasn't which, gonna come back after which, the season. Which was more important to her at that time though. She wasn't gonna come back after the season. No, but I, you had to see the con- you had to see the context of that moment. That's my that's my argument though. She didn't her, she didn't love the game as much as Kit. Be, well, but before that, one of her teammates' husband died in the war. Remember that? So that put her whole marriage into perspective. It was that it wasn't her husband, and her husband was back at that point. Bro, you can't say that didn't mess her up in a little bit. Did it? Yes, she cried the night like after she found out the news that and then, her, her teammate husband died. And then who showed up, bro? You can't say that that got rid of all of her like insecurities when her husband came back. Seemed like it. Oh my gosh, no way! I disagree. Another thing is you see you knock Kit for her baseball IQ, but for me, it's Dottie's desire to play the game. Like that was questionable throughout the movie too. It was. It wasn't very clear. I'll give you and that. And for that too, I, I I like hit better too. You know, I will admit though, like, you know, they both grew a lot in the film. Like yeah. you know, Dottie went the high road. She was gracious in defeat. Whether she yeah. dropped the ball on purpose or not, she was happy she, for her sister. And right. she clearly learned her lesson about being overly competitive and how that creates a toxicity in the relationship and it shows in the first scene where she tells her grandchildren one of her old 
the older grandson to sometimes uh, give the younger grandson a chance. And so, do you also remember, like in the beginning scene, like after uh, after the the grandson gave him the ball, that he got cooked by the the little son? Yeah, with double dribbles yeah. and travels, and a backward yeah, shot. Hey, but that was swag when you did that, dude. It was like an one mixtape right there. <laughs> yeah. but anyways, yeah. Well, what, uh, there's no clear. I'm sorry. Yeah, but one thing that confused me was like, I don't know, like I don't know if, like, it was clear that Kit looks back on that time as a time of fondness and like mm-hmm. she cherishes those memories. Whereas like for Dottie, it seemed more like painful, like the way they portray her older self and when she visits the Hall of Fame. Cause like Kit brings you know, her whole family, like they're laughing and like she's enjoying it, but like Dottie's alone, she looks kind of depressed. You know what I think it is? It's like because I, so in my my opinion, right? Da, um, Kit, Kit uh, probably played the whole like ten years, you know, in the league as when the league existed. Um, so she probably like knows all the players very well, so she has fond memories of that. Um, so she can openly go there and be ha- cheerful and happy because she probably told stories to her grandkids that way too, right? Um, but for Dottie, right, she probably feels like like guilty that they that sh- she lost them. That not because she dropped the ball, wait, but that wait, she wait, let go. Wait, of the what? Ball. She felt guilty so, that she lost. Saying, the- you're saying she feels guilty she- for dropping the ball for losing the game because she couldn't hold on to the ball. Hey, is this Black Sox part two? Dude, be quiet. <laughs> but and so and because of that and also because she went back to wherever she was from, right? And she never saw her teammates ever again. So she had she lost contact with them, you know, it doesn't and she doesn't know what they feel about her until all her fears fears were like dis- dissipated when you know she was greeted warmly by them. And that at the time, after that, she was able to enjoy the, the day, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think also think it's safe to say that after that, even though Kit or Dottie said that, like, come home, I can I think it's safe to assume that Kit hadn't seen Dottie in a really long time after that. Yeah, I I, I had that feeling, too. Yeah, because she probably never went back home after the, the league ended. But yeah, um, you know, we agree to disagree in a lot of aspects of the movie, you know. We ended the argument one for one, but the only way that you're ever going to form an opinion is if you watch the movie yourself, dude, you highly recommend you watch Yeah, if you movie. say Dottie's better, then clearly, clearly you haven't watched the movie. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, great movie. Please watch it and let us know what you think about it. I will say though, I will say though, being the older sibling is a lot harder than being the younger sibling. I agree. Definitely. So, like, I'm not, I don't fault two younger siblings. What's up? (laughs) From two younger siblings, you and me. So, (laughs) I'm I'm pretty sure, you know, I want to apologize and, you know, to Dottie. There's probably things that she had to endure that Kit didn't because she was the older one. But at the same time, she was a, she had potential. Had a lot of talent, walked away from the game after losing in the World Series. A little disappointing, a little disappointing, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, man, I don't know either. Great movie, though. Yeah, great movie. All right, so let's rate these two movies like we do every week. Let's start with Field of Dreams since we talked about it first. What do you give Field of Dreams out of 10? Seven. Seven out of 10. I like that. I, give, I also give it a seven like, out of 10. It wasn't a spectacular movie, but it had packed cast, great story, family friendly, and rewatchable. So seven out of 10. I think, I think it gave Angels in the Outfield a seven out of 10 too. Similar, similar vibes. Yeah, similar vibes. That's what I'm I'm alluding to. Yeah, very similar vibes. All right, how about a League of Their Own? For me, League of Their Own, because of the historical significance, as well as the star-studded cast, 
as well as the fact that it's archived at the Library of Congress, I'm going to have to say eight and a half out of ten. Really? Only an eight and a half? Yeah, I I don't know. I thought, I thought, you, I thought, I thought that... I'm oh, sorry, go first. <laughs> I thought the acting... Acting was good, but it wasn't like spectacular, blow you out of the water like type of performance, you know? Like it was like mm-hmm. a solid job and what drove the story or what drove the film wasn't the acting, but it was the actual plot and the writing of it. So I will say eight and a half out of 10. That's still really high. Right. I'm going to give it the first nine of this podcast. I really like that movie. You know, even though it, 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 I didn't cry in any of the scenes, I love the old school baseball like feel of it. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely felt like a '50s baseball game, which I love. Oh, one thing we didn't talk about was like the sexism of the time, aka the uniforms, right. like how women were treated that, and viewed. That was spot on too. Yeah. Because in in those time in the the AA whatever it's called I forgot it's okay, what it is. No one knows but, what it's called. Yeah, in the in the in the, the women's league, you had to wear short skirts, right? Even though you had to slide, which often caused injuries. But they changed that later because they realized like, oh, it was hurting their players. But in, when it first came out, yeah. And then you had to look a certain way to look feminine, and you had to attend uh, like this womanly school at the end. And like I think on Sundays or something, once a week. But yeah, man, just like reinforcing the women's stereotypes at the time. Yep. But yeah, still a really great movie, and it's it's realistic for the time period it came out of. So for me, nine out of ten. All right. All right, guys, that's it for today. And it's closing time for our pizza parlor, so get out. Thanks. And have a safe trip home. See you next time. See you next time.